On today's podcast, we are going to be talking about the firing of Mike Nathini, what that means for the Cardinals going forward and their expectation this season. And then we're going to talk a little National League Baseball headed into the All-Star break. All that with All-Star Game predictions and much more. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and with us today, as always, co-host Lucas Jones. Lucas, what's up, man? Just a day of, of uh, mourning. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd be sad as a Cubs fan if I saw that Matheny got fired. <laughs> R.I.P. the Matheny era. Yeah, it's uh, six and a half years, roughly, come and gone. Uh, so, of course, that was the big news that broke last night after the Cardinals lost. I did a periscope. Lucas, I missed you on that periscope, man. This is, uh, I miss our yin and yang whenever I was out there by myself. I probably looked like a <laughs> fool, but thank you everybody who tuned in. Thanks for the couple of comments we got. Uh, but let's dig right in. Uh, Mike Schlitt, is that how you say it? Schilt? Schilt, I think. Schilt. Mike Schilt takes over as interim manager. Uh, I am going to guess unless he leads them to the World Series, it will be just for this year. That's all indications. Uh, Lucas, what are your thoughts first off? First, I'd just like to preface this with uh, Mike Pathini is the winningest manager of the recent era of Cardinals baseball. Higher win percentage than Tony Larissa, Whitey, Red Shane East, Joe Joe Torrey. Okay, huh? so now that now Mike that you Matheny, now that you say winner. that, I mean, you know, I don't think he ever had a losing season. He was very well set up from the Tony Larissa era. A lot of good veteran leadership True, in place. But he also lost Albert Pujols, one of the top probably 12 players of all time. Yeah, and they added Carlos Beltran the first two years after, which yeah. Beltran wasn't in his prime. I know that wasn't uh, tit for tat really, but he was set up pretty well. But that makes me think about something before we get dig too far into this. How many old school managers would have been fired in the modern social media era? I think a lot because people used to get really frustrated. We forget this now, you know, kind of a, when you look in the past, you rem- tend to remember the good times better than you remember the bad times. But they're around 08, 09, basically from 06 until 2011. Fans were pretty frustrated with La Russa. Because they missed the playoffs in 07, I know for sure, the year after the, they won the World Series. And then they were either out in the first round the next couple of years. I think they missed in 2010. But, I mean, think about how much social media, how much do you think social media impacted this decision? Because uh, I think it was Ms. Claus said that it was definitely, the fans' disgruntledness definitely played a factor in this. Some, but I honestly think it's more the writers got on an agenda against Matheny. Yeah. Um, and maybe they were influenced by the fans. Um, I don't I don't really have I'm going to put this delicately. The idea that the Cardinals own October or whatever that stupid ass shirt you seen that <laughs> one time said Oh, October. I guess we'll is, do this playoff I mean, baseball come on. thing They've again. Won like three World Series in forty years. They're not yeah. like it's not like they expect a World Series every year. I don't know why. Um, 
maybe a Yankees fan can make that case since they've been to a World Series roughly every once every like 3.2 years. Yeah. Um, been to one. Um, but I don't, it's a, the social media aspect is such an uh, symptom of baseball wise of the whole thing. Like so many people lose their jobs. Companies lose, have to change their policies or bow down to certain agendas because of Twitter mobs. Yeah. And I was just reading an interesting story today on Quill. It's some website for long stories, but anyways, someone was talking about how they used to be part of the Twitter mob to get outraged by everything until the Twitter mob came for them and they lost everything. So I think, you know, I think you could put some of the blame on Twitter. I think you can, and some of it's on the writers, but you know, Matheny succeeded. You said it best. Well, he had, he was in a good place after the Tony LaRusso years. Well, Maybe, you know, the players he got after some of them guys went on weren't as good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, some of it's managing, but some of, I mean, is Mo, you know, he's got some fault here, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. We've talked about that recently. And I think, and that- I think it was so interesting because last night me and JK were actually talking about it. And I got the text message timestamp proof. I said I would be shocked if Matheny made it through the All-Star break. Two hours later, he's getting fired. Yeah. Like, I got it in a text. And I, I didn't see anything. It was just – the only reason I said that was because that game last night, the Cardinal players looked just dead. Yeah. They just looked flatted, flat out defeated. And when you see that from the team, you're like, well, it's time – you know, you almost have to make a change. Abs- you almost have to. Absolutely. I, I think, and I think that that really, I don't want to, I don't want anyone listening to this podcast to think that I'm saying like social media is the only reason Mike Matheny doesn't have a job. There was definitely writings on the wall. Uh, I really think back to that weekend series they played in Milwaukee. It's been a few weeks ago now. The, like just the most horrendous baseball that I've ever seen played by professionals before. Uh, that was the, in the same game where Ozuna went to climb over the fence to rob the home run and it landed before the warning track. And Carlos Martinez just threw a ball between third base and home plate with a runner on third. Uh, I I think that you could make the argument that his message may have been lost, and I think that's what a lot of people are saying right now. But I think that in this day and age of results now, that you're not going to see Mike Sosha out there very much longer. Look at Joe Girardi, who has been mentioned, and we'll get to that here in a minute. But he, they went to the ALCS? Uh, that's right, correct? Last year? Yes. Yes, Game 7. Yeah, Game 7 in the ALCS, fired. I mean, or not renewed. But they, uh, I mean, I think that this is such a results business, and you want somebody who's analytical and manages the players well. I think that Joe Madden is a great example of that. Uh, but yeah, I don't think that you're going to get a lot of leeway. You're, you're not going to see Mike Sosha's, you know, who have had several bad years concurrently keep getting chances because you know, they're a good manager. Uh, let's dig into Lucas. Let's talk about who the Cardinals may replace after this season. Okay. Let me just throw this one okay. more thing in here. Um, I think the firing came down from ownership. But Mosaic had to like 
you know, oh yeah, Bill, that's a great idea. We should definitely do that. Oh, absolutely. Because he's doing it for his own job. He's next on the chopping block. It don't matter who they hire for manager. The next manager should get a little bit of string because he's going to have to deal with the players that most put on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. He's the next one up. If they, if they miss the playoffs for the next three seasons or this season, I don't think they're making the playoffs. No, I'm just going to throw that out there. But if they miss in 19 and 20, that's on Mo at this point. Maybe they have a bad manager, but it's on Mo regardless because he's going to be hot and heavy into the hiring. So if they have to fire their next manager, it will be a house cleaning because Mo Gersh and the new manager would be gone. So he's on the hot seat now. Absolutely. Uh, I think that this was definitely a Mo like, yeah, let's fire Matheny. Kind of like you said, yes, Mr. DeWitt, let's do that. Please don't fire me because I signed everybody in the bullpen and it has just been an absolute nightmare. So, yeah, I think it was definitely a self-preservation move by Mazaliak here. Uh, But, you know, moving away from that, I think before we leave that, I should say, uh, yeah, the bullpen's bad. I don't think that a change of change of management, any change on the bench is going to have any effect on that. It is what it is back there. And everyone's like, well, maybe Mike Messini wasn't listening to Mike Maddox on which player to use. It doesn't matter which player you use. All of them's been equally terrible. Yeah. Jordan Hicks got great upside, don't get me wrong. But, I mean, he's you can get runs off of him. You can frustrate him, which is fine. He's 21 years old. Not a big deal. But he's the one in the bullpen that's got the upside. You keep throwing Bowman and Gregerson and Holland out there. Oh yeah. Some, Bud Bud Noer should be traded. Yeah. I know they're not going to. I'm pretty. You know, we'll get to that. We'll probably get to that in a little bit on where the oh, Cardinals I, go for here this season. But yeah, absolutely. Get back to your. You know, your next point. I think was managerial options. Yeah. So let's look at. Uh, I have a list here. Give me just a second. Bad radio. Uh, Let's look at, obviously, Joe Girardi has been thrown out there. Uh, I don't personally like it. Lucas, what are your thoughts on Joe Girardi? Oh, man. I I like Joe Girardi as a person. Actually, I don't, even, I don't know him well enough off screen. I think he's probably an asshole. Yeah. I just completely lied to everybody. Joe Girardi is <laughs> definitely an asshole in real life. I like him. My, you know, the memory of him was, you know, he seemed like a good teammate and he was the guy that made the announcement when Daryl Kyle died. Yeah. That's kind of my one memory of him as a player, like my big memory of him player. I remember him. he's a former Cardinal. He's a former Cub. Yeah. You know, he's a former National League manager of the year of the Marlins and they yeah. got shit canned that same year. Um, he He's cold with the media and that was one of his problems in New York. And Mike Matheny was fairly cold with the media in St. Louis. So there's not a big change there. Yeah. The other thing is that I've read since his firing was they wanted, the Yankees was wanting a manager that was more in depth with younger type players that maybe didn't quite have that old school bulldog mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, so and someone that's receptive to analytics and I don't know, how Girardi, if he is really receptive to them or not, I'm assuming the Yan- Brian Cashman's a great general manager for the Yankees, and they're so rich. I'm sure they got the smartest minds oh, yeah. putting together their analytical department. I don't know. I'd say he's probably 
Mike Matheny 2.0. They yeah. said some people claim his bullpen management was bad, and he had actually sweet-ass bullpen. Oh, he had a <laughs> killer bullpen with all the guys he had in New York. So, yeah, I'm I'm completely with you there. I don't think that Joe Girardi is really a step up from Matheny. I think, if anything, he's Mike Matheny 2.0, that in two to three years you're looking at all the same problems that the Cardinals have right now. So I know, but he's a winner. He is a winner. But so is Mike Matheny. The problem is, Joe Girardi won a World Series on a stacked 2009 Yankees team. Yeah, you know he went to Game Seven of the ALCS last year. And if case anyone forgot, there was a huge controversy after Game Two or Three where he didn't look like he knew the rules or how to yes. challenge a certain play or something. I don't remember the exact details. But it was like, oh, this might cost the Yankees the series. And, you know, the Yankees made a series out of it. But then you start to wonder if, you know, maybe Joe Girardi was just riding a, you know, riding Brian Cashman being a fantastic general manager. Yeah. Yeah, I, I you have to wonder. I So I'm personally not for Joe Girardi uh, coming into St. Louis. I think the next name that people are going to throw around and kind of have a little bit of a flirtatious love with is Jose Okendo. I, I'm, I respect everything he's done in the organization. I just, I don't know. I have, a, I have an idea where I want to go, and I'll get there in a minute. But Lucas, what are your I, thoughts on Okendo? If Okendo was going to be the next manager of the Cardinals, he would have been the interim manager right now. Yeah. And yeah. Gersh's comments today, they weren't negatory toward anybody. But when asked about Okendo, he said, well, Mike Schilt's been in the in several different levels at the organization. You know, he was a scout, and then he was the single a and manager and the Springfield manager and been with the big league club and he's been successful wherever he's went. So if they're already liking somebody else on the internal roster over Okendo, I mean, Okendo at this point, and someone told me that Okendo was asked about it. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. I I I have not heard that. And maybe that's the case. Maybe he said no, but in Gersh's interview, it didn't sound like he was considered um yeah and usually third base coach aren't usually the bench coach is the next guy up mm-hmm. um when these managerial things happen firings happen um i i just think he's out of it i don't think it's i don't think it would be a good move cardinals fans would love it they hold okendo near and dear to their hearts i get that um but you know i don't want to say okendo's overrated i'm sure he's a fine coach but he's supposed to improve this defense. They had the same players as last year, and they're worse defensively than last year. Yes. So by I, certain metrics. So I don't know if he would even be a good choice to begin with. Yeah, I, I'm with you right there. I, so Okendo, Joe Girardi, both out for me. Uh, next name that people are going to toss out there are is uh, John Farrell. Lucas, what are your thoughts on Farrell? Well, good friend of the podcast, J.K. Yes. He is pro feral. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily who he wants, but he did express to me that um, I threw some names out at him and, you know, he's like, I really like John Farrell. He'd probably be good at the, at the job. He knows, he knows how to face fierce media. Oh yeah. Red Sox manager. Won a world series with the Red Sox. Mm -hmm. Um, Over kind of overseeing the pitching in, in Cincinnati. I mean, he's not their pitching coach, but he's kind of in the organization right now. Um, 
Um, some people are wondering if he was the manager and waiting for Cincinnati, but Jim Riggleman's doing a good job. It might have the inside track yeah. unless the Reds think the Cardinals might go to Farrell and make Farrell an offer. You know, things like that happen. Um, teams get in pissing matches sometimes. They don't, you know, they might, the Reds might not want Farrell to go to St. Louis yeah. and, uh, you know, and could, you know, maybe beat up on them or maybe not. Um, out of the three names we've went over so far, though, I think Farrell would be top of my list. Yeah, Farrell's my favorite of the list so far. I, I You know, he did win a World Series. Uh, but then again, you don't know if the Reds are. I mean, I think Jim Riggleman has probably earned a couple of years in Cincinnati with just what he's been able to do there. But again, if they wanted Farrell all along, then they're probably just going to go ahead with Farrell no- to keep him from going to St. Louis. Cause yeah. And everyone keeps talking about Barry Larkin yeah. supposedly wanting the job. And, you know, I don't know, maybe he throws his hat in for the St. Louis job just because there's a high profile op- opening. Yeah. Um, may- maybe uh, Lucas, I'm going to give you a name, throw you out a name that I really like uh, if they would went, if they would go that direction, uh, stubby clap. I mean, I don't think anybody would argue too much with it. Maybe he's been really successful in Memphis and knows yeah. a lot of the guys that are on the big league roster. Um, so, I mean, his hitting coach and stuff's already up in the majors now, Budeska mm-hmm. or whatever his name is. So maybe it'd be a seamless transition. Probably it. I don't. It wouldn't be a big splash, but. I don't know what the Cardinals are looking for. So, I mean, what do you want in a Cardinals manager right now? Yeah, see, for me, I don't see – I mean, John Farrell, I would be happy with that hire. But there's no Francona. You know, he's not leaving Cleveland, I doubt. Uh, Joe Madden's not leaving the Cubs to come to St. Louis. So, you know, with that being said, I almost – I like the idea of Stubby Clap. You need somebody who gets along with the guys, and from everything I've read, I read a couple of things on him last year, that the guys in Memphis just love him, just love playing for him. He has a fun atmosphere. And that's really something that, you know, we've talked about and St. Louis media has talked about. The Cardinals have really lacked is a fun, vibrant clubhouse. And so if you have that in the organization and – excuse me, and you're not able to go out and get, you know, a true game changer, why not give Stubby Clap a chance? I mean, if he makes it a fun place to play, it's better. You're going to get better free agents. The team's happier. You're going to, they're going to play better. So I, 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 I like the idea. What do you think, Lucas? Oh, I think definitely the next manager has to be somebody that's less quote unquote old school. And yeah. I know several of the Cardinal fans I know, several of the B-Fib, love the old school mentality, where I was okay with Bud Norris being the clubhouse bullpen sheriff or whatever he was. think everybody should be treated like dog shit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. The think old that's... school stuff, that we're past that. I mean, that work, that's... I know people use use old school as a that's what we need to go back to that's not what players respond to no that's just the way society changes has ebbs and flows now it's like the same you know it's you you got to conform your style to the style of the people doing the performance yes absolutely you know the the thing is 
it's like, you know, I hate to say that I hate to use like a personal example or, or, or something that's not baseball for it, but like people like our age right now, you know, late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. Um, they, we were the first ones that can commingle work and other things at the same time. Like we weren't, we're not a group that's like, Oh, go, go balls to the wall for eight hours with, you know, not looking at your phone or not, you know, talking to somebody or something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our generation and generations below is going to struggle with that, but we're adapted being productive while doing other things as well. Of course, you're supposed to do your job and get your job. If you're not productive at your job, then you shouldn't be doing anything but your job. Um, And that doesn't apply to everybody or every situation. Obviously some people work 24 hours at a time. Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you know, but my overall point, if I make it any sense here is you have to know who you're managing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just like, you know, just like a bossy in their job has to know their team has to know their department has to know who they have working for them and, and how to relate to them. Yeah. And, and I don't think Mike Messini knew how to relate to younger players. I mean, if you think back on it, you know, the yo-yoing with Oscar Tavares and Tommy Pham and Colton Wong and Randall Gritchuk and some of these younger guys that were getting sent up and down or put on the bench or not playing consistently that wasn't getting through to them. Nope. And then you bring in a guy that everybody loves, like Dexter Fowler, whose infectious smile, you know, by all accounts, I remember in Chicago, just everybody just loved him. And you clash with somebody like that, that's going to cause a ripple effect. And and that's why I don't, you know, that's why I don't think Joe Girardi was a good candidate a guy that I really think is probably going to interview for it, you know, that is Buck Showalter. Yeah. Um, I don't know in Mike Scotia. I don't know, you know, they both might be out of jobs. Yes. Well, I know I, Showalter's a free agent. Yeah. He's not getting fired because it's not his fault. The Orioles are shitty. Yeah. Um, the angels on the other hand, they've had a bunch of injury problems, but it's been 16 years since Mike Scotia won the world series. Yes. Like his, his, his time's about to run out It is uh, with the angels, especially with Mike Trout being a free agent after two more seasons. So, you know, I don't know if some of them old school guys, I don't know if they've adjusted. I'm just not in tune with Anaheim and Oriole and Baltimore to know if they'd be good fits, but there's two more names that might be out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. So here's another thing talking about uh, the next manager has to be someone that the players enjoy. How much of, I mean, do you think this played even like the slightest factor with the big free agent class coming up of, listen, if guys like Dexter Fowler hate being here, what are our chances that we're ever going to sign another big name free agent without just hellaciously overpaying them? How much of this was, listen, we're playing like crap. We want to be able to dream of bringing a big name free agent to St. Louis they're not going to do it right now. Let's get in here, kind of nix this, and go forward with hopefully uh, a better clubhouse. I, do you think that played at least a small role in this? I don't see how it didn't. Um, you have 
a chance here to change the culture while still keeping the quote unquote Cardinal way, which is basically just fundamental baseball that they were able to slap their name on. Yeah. But, and being anti bat flips and not wearing your hat <laughs> to the side at all. But, in, but past that thing, you, you have to have somewhere where players want to go. Like I was reading back and it might've been, McLaws or Gold, someone had a story recent, like right after the firing, talking about yeah. Hayward and his comments about, well, they got young guys in Chicago and they look like a just a fun, loose clubhouse. Um, you know, there's some guys that I can grow with and we can have a good time while winning. And that's come to fruition for or fruition um, for Hayward. And I think they need to establish that. Now, there's two things here. It's not going to be immediate. Like they can no. try to sell a clubhouse change to free agents this year and say, Hey, it's going to be better, you know, come with us. We're building something new, but guys might be shied away from that because they're like, well, you really haven't been that good. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to, you know, possibly by next year, um, you can get back to that where free agents aren't like, Oh, what a miserable place to play. Yeah. Cause people ain't going to forget no. this season. And the second thing is what still happens with Dexter Fowler, because just because Mike Matheny, Mike Matheny is gone. Doesn't mean Dexter Fowler's good again, yeah. or, you know, not, or, or, I mean, I love Dexter Fowler, but yeah, he hasn't been good. And, you know, he probably should not be playing, um, every day right now until he figures it out. So they still got to figure out what's going on there because they could still like, if he's unhappy and grumpy and not getting a play, someone is going to be unhappy. Yeah. Anyways, any way you put it, because Bader feels like he should be playing every day. Tommy Pham's got a huge attitude, big ego. You're not going to bench Ozuna. You can't because no. at any time he can find his power stroke. And then you have, if Mike Shield is going on in a, we're going to play our best defensive players. Um, well, then you got J Mart having to stay out because he can't play defense anywhere. No, no. And he's, I've already heard he's unhappy getting less playing time in the last week because Matheny's been setting him a little more than usual. Um, but so you got to figure out Jose Martinez and Dexter Fowler, and that's going to have an impact on free agents this year too. If they end up cutting Dexter Fowler or something or mm -hmm. benching him and he's unhappy, players talk. That's just the way oh, it yeah, is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, it, it's something that is a long-term goal, but that definitely played a part in Matheny's firing. Yeah, and I think that, you know, talking about what happens the rest of this year, do they decide to be – I'm not, they're, they're not going to have a fire sale by any means. That's not the Cardinals – mo i don't think that the that ownership has any desire in that but i mean i could see them maybe looking to trade bud norris i could see them trying to free up the outfield situation uh jed jerko still has at least two years of control after this year and he's not gonna bring back a big haul but that frees up your infield a little i mean greg garcia is serviceable in a utility role but you you said it. You got Martinez in the infield. Yeah, I'm going with the infield here. You have Martinez, Wong, uh, DeYoung, Carpenter, Jerko, who all feel like they should be playing every day. And that's, I just gave five names for four infield spots. So 
Uh, how do you handle going forward? Who do you maybe you look to move? If they get the right manager, that doesn't become a problem. Maybe Mike Schill, you know, changes that culture because if you think about it, I mean, the Cubs have like 11 players that think they should play every day, but you yeah, don't hear any griping out of it. Joe Madden, Joe Madden is really good at making sure everybody, you know, plays a lot. And that's something else to take in consideration. But I think you're right. I think the Cardinals should probably sell some guys. Yeah. I think they should sell anybody that they can't. I mean, this would be a perfect opportunity. Well, we got a new manager, so we're going to move some guys, try to get some future pieces. Somebody will give something of value up for Bud Norris. Um, another name you didn't mention that could bring back a lot because he's got one more year and pretty cheap um, is Miles Miklas. Yes. Someone will always pay for starting pitching. Yes, absolutely. They will. A lot, especially a guy that's got one year and like, what, $6 million salary next yep. year? Yep. That well, ended hell, up... you, get two, you could probably get two good players for him. Yep, he's an all-star this year. So, yeah, I think that's something you have to at least explore. It's the perfect time. I've never heard of anybody firing their manager mid-year, uh, going with an interim, and being buyers at the deadline which they weren't buyers at the deadline in the last two years. So if you're a Cardinal fan like I am, I'm not really expecting that this year. So, I yeah, move move a couple of guys. Get a couple of future pieces. And no one can be mad because they're so happy that Mike Matheny is gone. Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, just, just go with it. See what you can get. You have Wainwright's contract coming off the books after this year. Uh, just, you know, this is uh, – it's not a, a long-term rebuild, rebuild, but it's going to at least be a short-term rebuild. The last so, thing they need to do is give up some guys that could be there for a long time for a guy that might be there for two months and leave and still miss the playoffs. No, but speaking to that, let's talk about this for a second. Um, the double-A catcher, uh, Kaiser, is Nizer, Kaiser, Kaiser, however yeah. you say his last name. He's playing in the Futures game. He is coming on hot behind Carson Kelly. So what do you do in that situation? Obviously, uh, Nizer's younger. Kelly is still a top 30 or 40 prospect in baseball. Do you try to maybe move him with somebody to get a yeah. controllable asset? Because Kelly obviously – Kelly should have been traded after they signed Yadier to three more years. Yes, absolutely. The three more year deal because his value was still his value was sky high. Oh, absolutely. After that Yadier sign and his value's come down some. He has yeah. not impressed when he's played in the majors, and yeah. it hasn't been consistent time in the majors that he mm-hmm. when he was up, but his value has come down. He's still a high prospect, but what he's doing in AAA is getting old, waiting on Yadier to to exit you know like trade him and oh. keep the younger guy yeah with with uh kaiser Nizer, however you say his name coming up behind him this is the perfect opportunity if there has ever been one for any organization of all time to move him you know even if you have to move maybe one other prospect i don't know a dakota hudson and i don't even know what you're trying to get back but if you can get a controllable younger player some a veteran that's going to add value to your team you just need to move Carson Kelly because playing him in Memphis every day is doing nothing for your organization. It's I think they should 100% him. trade him this July, but I think they should probably go with like maybe a younger type veteran or a high maybe position player prospect or Not a something. Because I just don't think there's anything they can do at the deadline realistically to propel them back 
into an ideal playoff spot. And by that, I mean win the division because the wild card game is such a toss-up. Yes. I barely yeah. count that as even making the playoffs. Now, do I think to put the wild card should be a series? I do because it's so game. That's why the Yankees and Red Sox are slugging it out because neither one of them want to go to the wild card game. Oh yeah. Because you could just have one bad night and you're done. And that's not indicative of a very good season, which they're both on pace went over a hundred games. And yes. you, and one of them teams is going to have just a one game winner takes all yep. after winning a hundred games. Yes. And you know, we've seen that a few in 2015, the last time the Cardinals made the playoffs, when they won 100 games, the Pirates won 98 and the Cubs won 97. Yes. And the the, the Pirates and Cubs had to face off in the, the toss-up game. Um, but I don't think there's anything the Cardinals can do that's going to make them win the division. They're not going to get better than the Cubs or no. the Brewers from some trades. They're out of the Machado deal. Yep. He's probably the biggest game changer out there. They're already talking like the starting pitching, which the Cardinals don't really need. Mm-hmm. Anyone can use a starter, but they, that's not a huge need for them. I mean, I guess they could load up on two or three bullpen guys, and that would make them better. There's not a real slugger. Let Donaldson's hurt. Is, is the Blue Jays even going to – he might be thinking extension with the Blue Jays. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, with I have no idea. Um, there, But there's not another slugger-type guy nope. that they really need out there that's not Machado. Yeah. So – Go ahead. No, I was getting ready to move on. Go ahead and finish your thought. Oh no, I was just I was just gonna say like yeah, you know, I know everyone wants to try to go for it and everyone says, Well, the Cardinals has talent. Well they do, but are they just gonna come together and you know, everyone goes back to two thousand and six when they won eighty three games and got in the playoffs and got hot and won the World Series. Eighty three games you're not getting in the playoffs. No, no, not this year. I uh, And talking about teams who are in that wild card division hunt right now, a uh, little purple rain talk. The Rockies are winners of 13 of 16 going into the break. Their starting pitching has started to come around. Uh, John Gray had a good start the other day, which we talked about on, I believe, the last podcast. Oh, did he get called back up to he the He did. He did. He pitched okay. yesterday and uh, had a good outing and got the win. And then they won on a Trevor Story home run in the ninth today. So they're looking pretty good right now, but I don't know. What a division race the West is turning out to be. Oh, man, there are four teams within four games of each other. That's going to be a fun division race. Uh, I hate to say it, but I think you've got to give the favorite to the Dodgers just – I don't know if I'm giving them, giving them historic love here. They have the best pitcher in the division in Kershaw when he's right. He's uh, not playing right now. No. Is, he, is but, he still pitching? No. He's on the DL again. Yeah, he's he? on the DL again. Okay. But yeah. I'm just saying if if Kershaw comes back. No, 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 no. I'm yeah. with you. You have to give him the you have to give him the nod because they're gonna you know, they're in it for Machado. I don't know if they get him. Yeah. But they're cool. in it for an infielder. If they don't get Machado, they're gonna turn their focus to Dozier or Escobar or, you know, any of the Navy scooter. They're going to get, they're going to get somebody. Absolutely. And they're just going to keep getting better. I'd like to see the Rockies. uh, I would love to see the Rockies. And the Dodgers have Urias coming back in like August. Yes. So there's that. Yes. They're the rich get richer. Uh, Who I think is, who I think probably will be a bullpen piece just for innings purposes and their bullpen. They don't have a very good bridge. 
from their starters to Kinley. So yeah. Um. Anyways, go on. Okay, Lucas. Let's talk home run derby. Who do you like in the home run derby? You got two cubbies in there. Well, let's see. Who's all in it? I would like, you know, there's Bryce, Baez, Schwarber, Hoskins, Aguilar, Mm -hmm. um, Bregman. Who am I missing? Uh, Did you get the Dodgers second baseman? Oh, Max Muncy. Max Muncy. Yes. I feel like I'm still missing someone else. Yeah, there's somebody Mm -hmm. in there, but I can't think of who it is. But, anyways... Um, you know, the key to the home run derby, um, now in the, the present format is line drive home runs. Yeah. Because you can't throw another pitch until the last home run landed. Although if you're going to hit a big one, it better go far because you get extra points for anything over four four. Okay. So, you know, Schwarber has just monster mammoth home runs. I think that's a disadvantage for him, but if he hits a bunch that's over four forty. Um, you know, he might have a chance. Javi, you know, he can hit some line drive home runs and he's, I wouldn't put anything past Javi. No, I wouldn't be shocked if he won it. And I wouldn't be shocked if he, you know, swung and missed at several pitches. (laughs) So, you know, um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Bryce though. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're at nationals park. He knows the park. He's, you know, He's going to be on the national stage. Oh, yeah. Um, he wants to put on a show for his future teammates, Schorber <laughs> and Baez. Oh, I knew that was coming somewhere. Maybe. I can't decide if the Cubs are going to sign Harper or Machado. I think they're going to get one or the other. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take – I'm going to go with my gut instinct here and take Javi Baez. I don't know. He just seems like one of those guys where when you get him in that big of a stage that he's just going to shine. He's going to love I it. Was, I was just thinking earlier that Javi performs pretty well on the big stage. Yeah, he does. I mean, for all of his – I mean, he's having a fantastic season right now. I mean, he's fifth in war. He's, you know, he, his walk percentage is like 3.5. That dude takes no walks, but nope. to have the on-base percentage he has, which is – super close to his average is insane. <laughs> but every time he gets on base, he does something. It's just, yeah. he, I, and, and man, the BFib hate this, but he's the most exciting player in baseball. He's a lot of fun. And, and they're like, no, oh, no, that's Mike Trout. No, there's a difference between most exciting and best. Yes. You Mike know. Trout is the best player in baseball, but yeah, Javi, Javi tag. Super exciting. I mean, just his defense in general. He hits base the ball running. Well. He stole yeah. home twice this year already. It's Man, that's crazy. Incredible slides. Yeah. Um, my dark horse candidate though, I'm gonna go Jesus Aguilar. Yeah. A lot of people don't know about him. National League Central guys know about him because he's the Brewers, but the Brewers aren't national stage team. A lot of guys don't know about him. I think he can come out there and and put on a show. Yeah, I uh. I like that, but yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, give me Javi and uh, Lucas. Uh, who you got in the All Star Game, American League or National League? Oh, man, you know I'm a National League guy, but oh, that American League lineup is sick. Sick, it is sick. Oh my gosh, just 
top to bottom, that American League lineup just <laughs> How can you eat? I mean, how can you go wrong? Like No, Lord. I mean, I love the, I'm I'm with you. I love the National League. I'm a National League guy, but good Lord, there's a lot of talent on that American I League mean, team. You're seeing one of the best outfields of all time in the American League game of Betts, Judge, and Mike Trout. Yeah. Like, holy hell. Yeah. You know, and then you got and then you got uh, uh, J.D. Martinez DH and Yes. Like, holy smokes. Yeah. I think they should probably just play a four-on-nine game to see what happens. Yeah, they, they would fare pretty well because, man, that American League team is stacked. But I'm I'm always I'm never gonna complain about a National League win because we're both National League guys, and I always root for the National League. I'll still be. You know what for though? We can League. have fun with it since it's not tied to the home field advantage anymore. Yes, yes. You I know am. we can we can be fine with the AL winning. We just you know I just want to see, I just want to see a good game. I want to see these guys you know out there putting on a show for the fans. You know, take oh, yeah. a little break, not be so serious. Not stressing this, about your team's problems. To me, this is the best all-star game in all of sports. It's better than the Pro Bowl. It's better than the NBA all-star game. It's better than the NHL all-star game. This is the best all-star game oh, in sports. Oh, 100%. NBA, they're like, we're not going to play defense. Yeah. Oh, these guys are going to play defense in the baseball game. If you don't think, you know, I'm hoping Javi Baez has a chance to show off some of his defense. I'm hoping that Mike Trout and Mookie Betts, you know, get some good get some good chances at some balls or, or, you know, Betts is one of the better outfielders. And so yeah. is Mike Trout. Aaron Judge ain't even that bad. I hope Aaron Judge can, you know, get on his tiptoes and rob a home run. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. This, you know, hope, you know, five-foot-tall Jose Altuve is going to be out there just making plays and Lindor and Machado. Man, man it's it's going to be a good, good game. Good game. Uh, so hopefully you guys will all enjoy that. We'll be back next week unless something crazy happens during the week and we'll drop a special podcast. But Lucas, you got any parting thoughts? Um, uh, enjoy the host. Oh, I think we should probably address this since uh, this will already be over by our next podcast. Probably Cubs and Cardinals have a shorter all-star break. They start a five game series Thursday night. Yes. In Wrigley. Correct. In Wrigley, it'll be a doubleheader Saturday. Um, so, you know, this, uh, you know, and then they each have another series, and then they have three more. Wow. So the first eight of their 11 games out of the break um, will, you know, that will tell the Cardinals if they can win the series. Um, at best, the Cardinals need to win five out of eight. Absolutely. still feel like they have a division. The Cubs just need to split and that will yep. maintain their like seven and a half game lead. Yep. Um, if the Cubs sweep them and have a 15 game lead by August, by the end of the month, then that should definitely tell whether the Cardinals should sell or not. Oh, absolutely. I think um, that by the end of those eight games, you're going to know one way or the other on. Yeah. What, and what I don't, Cardinals I don't think do. it'll be, I don't think it'll be an eight, an eight game sweep. I, if I had to guess, I would probably go five, three Cubs. That sounds about right. Uh, I would say best case for the Cardinals is the split, but they do if they think they want to contend for a playoff spot this year, they do need to go five and three, six and two. I don't know. Right, we'll that's we'll be see. Tough with a bunch in Wrigley. Yeah. Doubleheader game days though, they can go anyway because it's so hard to manage a bullpen. Oh yeah, playing even in doubleheader 
days and it's hot. It's July. I mean, it's hot in Chicago at this point. So, um, um, that's my final thought is the next couple of weeks, be prepared for a lot of Cubs Cardinals baseball. Probably a lot of hate on Twitter is going to be spewed. Yes, there is. My, my parting thought is Manny Machado will be traded before we record our next podcast next Sunday night. Yes. He should start the next barring a trade to the Cubs or the Cardinals. Um, he should be a new, a new uniform by Friday. Yep. So, Lucas, thanks for uh, hopping on. Uh, Everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, As always, leave comments on Twitter. We love hearing them. Uh, Tell us what your thoughts are on the Matheny situation, where the Cardinals could go from here. And uh, maybe we'll do some uh, live tweets during the All-Star game. I think that everybody might enjoy that. But everybody, have a good week. Enjoy the All-Star game. For Lucas Jones, I'm Devin Keeney. This has been the Fumbling Punter Podcast.